This is the Mixtape Queens. What's up, family? Welcome to another fire episode of the Mixtape Queens podcast, where we bring you the hottest and most talented artists in the industry. Today, our special guest is the beautiful Miss Shayla Edmonds. She's a former international model, the author of her memoir, Wild Child to Couture Style, and she's also a singer. Welcome, Queen. Hello, Queens. It's so nice to be here, and thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. Yes, we're and so happy to have you. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be put in that category of uh, special, uh, accomplished people, and, and uh, really, I really appreciate it. And it's been a long journey. I won't be humble and say it because it's it's well deserved because I've worked long and hard to get to where I am today. I know that's right. Yes, Queen. Yes, we were lucky enough to stumble across your profile somehow magically. I don't believe in coincidence. You know, we got to learn a little bit about you and we said, Wow, she would be amazing to have on the podcast because your experience and in the fashion industry as a model and and as an author and and much more right queens do it all so yes yes so we're excited to get to know you a little better and and see what we can learn oh thank you it's a, a pleasure to spread the word and i i really hope this will inspire other people to uh get their act together and and uh be successful as well I know you're wondering how I got to where I am today, and I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, and I know you're wondering how a girl from Portland, Oregon ended up to be on the contour runways of Paris. So it's, it was really a journey, and uh, it all started because I always had a love for the arts when I was young. I always wanted to be a singer, an actress, or a, a model. I never wanted to be a model. I wanted to be a dancer more so than that, but anyway, um, my parents never recognized my my desires, so I was like a, a frustrated teenager by the time I kept trying and got nowhere with it. So I rebelled and went wild, did, you know, when it got into trouble, did all the wrong things and got it was just a wild teenager. But I finally came to my senses and um, I met a boyfriend in in college and he was from Washington, D.C. So he moved me from Portland to Washington, D.C. and I was walking down the street one day. And this lady saw me and I, I had all these big platforms, my huge Afro. And she says, oh, my God, I was like six, four, probably with all that on. So she saw me and said, you know, you should be a model. And I says, what a model? I never even heard or knew what a model was or, you know, how to be one. So she says, I can teach you all that you need to know. And I says, oh, no, I just, you know, I got a job. I just want to, you know, have a, a simple life. And she says, no, you have to do this. You were born for this, you know, with the body and, and, and the looks that you have. So she took me to her apartment and, and she trained me. She taught me all that I had to learn to to be a model. And that's one thing I want to instill in people. You just can't walk off the street and be a model. You have to practice and get training. It's more to it. It looks so glamorous and simple on the runway, but there's a certain way you have to walk and carry yourself and certain little tricks that you have to know to be able to portray an outfit and, and, and um, serve, as they say, on the runway. So she taught me everything I needed to know, and she sent me to New York for a model competition, and I won the competition. So I moved to New York, and uh, I met this agent who told me, oh, I, I'm going to make you a star if you move to New York, you know, call me. 
So I moved to New York and uh, and uh, called her and she says, oh, we have our quota of black models right now. I, I just don't even remember telling you that and there's nothing I can do for you. So I had moved everything that I owned, you know, to New York and I was freaking out like, what am I going to do? I'm stuck in New York and didn't know anybody. And so I started going out and seeing other agents and got turned down by them all one after another. So I ended up spraying perfume in Bloomingdale's and taking these little part-time temporary uh, jobs, you know, as a, in offices and, oh, just didn't know what to do. But there was one person who believed in me. I was working with this one photographer and that's, it's very important to have a mentor and somebody who believes in you because he started taking pictures and I, he had a little catalog that I worked for once in a while. And he says, if you went to Europe, you would do so well. And I says, you know, I knew had no way to get to Europe. And other people had been telling me that even the agents that I saw said, go to Europe. You know, they love black girls over there. And, that you know, it's so much more work and there's less competition than here in New York. Because uh, this was back in the 80s and probably before you guys were born. But <laughs> anyway, um, there was it was very difficult for black women to get into modeling and uh they just had a certain amount they, they they dealt with and they you know that was the cutoff point and that was it and they blatantly told you that in your face so anyway this photographer uh said he you should go to europe and he gave me this one-way ticket to germany and you know being young and ambitious i had no idea of what was going to happen but without me missing a beat I got on that plane and went to Germany without speaking the language, not knowing where I was going, no agent, no connection, nothing. I just got on the plane. So that is courage, baby. And you have to have courage. And, and if you've got to pursue dreams, you cannot have any fear. You have to leave your comfort zone and go for it. So I did, and I had lots of bad luck not that much but yeah I had some bad luck and there's some stories in my book we'll get to the book later that um I had a, a rough beginning but I finally ended up with a top agency in Germany and I started working and that's where my career began so it was really just luck and this is something that is rare that doesn't happen to a lot of people but you know some models are scouted on the street but for the most part, you have to take pictures and see agents and submit to agents, you know, online one after another until someone is accepted or do free shows and, and until somebody sees you and, and uh, signs you up with their agency. So anyway, I got a little bored in Germany because it was nice. But, you know, I love action and fun and excitement and the German people are just very laid back. So. I met these models who told me to go to Italy because there's you can get the most beautiful pictures that you ever want to take in your life in Italy. And um, uh, so I went with them to Italy, and sure enough, I got the most beautiful photographs that I'd ever done. And um, Italian people, it was beautiful. The food was great. The shopping was great. But still, you know, when it's all said and done, they're a little laid back too. And I just wasn't really happy there. So... These other models told me, go to Paris. I said, you'll love Paris. Someone like you could work in Paris like so well because you're so tall and thin. So I get on the train again, not knowing where I was going, no agent, and I went to Paris. And I saw a few agents and eventually was accepted by one and uh, started working. And I did two shows. I couldn't believe this when I first went to Paris. I just love Paris. I mean, the smell of it and the fashion and the art and the people, the way they dressed. Oh, I just loved it. So anyway, started working, and I says, now that I had work in Germany, 
Italy and Paris, I said, I can go back to New York and rule now because I have so much work under my belt. So I went back to New York, and can you believe I was turned down again by those agents, the same agents as, oh, these pictures are great, but they're not for America, or we had still, you know, we have enough black girls and we just can't take any more right now. I could not believe it. So I pretty much gave up. I said, I've done it. You know, I just really, I can't take this anymore, and I didn't know what to do. But I was so unhappy, and something in my gut kept telling me, you can do this. You know, you're born to do this. So many people have told you this, so... You know, they wouldn't be telling you this for any, you know, if it wasn't true. So I was depressed, went through a long, hard time, you know, thinking about it. I just knew I wasn't happy. And I says, I'm going back to Paris with a vengeance this time. So this time I planned, you know, that's very important lesson here because instead of jumping on the plane and jumping on trains and going to country to country without any plan, uh, I could have done a lot better, faster. So... This time I planned, I found out when the show started, you know, figured out my budget, the hotel and how much I needed and blah, 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 and everything worked out. And I went to, back to Paris just in time. And as soon as I started going on castings, I started booking every top designer show in Paris. So that's where I my modeling career began. And eventually I went on to be uh, the couture level of modeling. And that's uh, couture is where... The, Every dress, nothing in couture is left less than ten thousand or well fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, just for the top of it, you know, it's really the top level of modeling, the highest level of modeling you can get into. So, and it's very rare that a black woman gets into that level. So, I I managed to do that and make a name for myself. And finally, a designer brought me back to New York because I had sworn New York off. I was never coming back again. But a uh, designer brought me back. And I was finally accepted into an agent in New York, and I started working in New York. So that's my modeling. <laughs> that's the modeling part. Is your head spinning? <laughs> wow, we are just so inspired and and just shocked at how much courage it must have taken you to be on your own as a young woman, and let alone a young black woman in the '80s going to countries where. You know, you might not speak the language. Um, so so how was that when you got over there? Did you learn how to speak Italian? Uh, yes. When I first went to Germany, and I, that's when I really freaked out because those German words were like two inches long. And I was like, I'm never going to learn this language. So, uh, But I started talking to people and picking, picking them up. And they were so, I didn't tell you before I left and the ph photographer gave me that ticket. Uh, he was doing a shoot and there was a, a hairdresser in the studio and he said you can't go to europe with this simple pullback hairstyle so he he washed my hair and it went into an afro and he cut it in the shape of a butterfly like very asymmetrical so when i hit germany with that hairstyle and the heads were turning they had never seen anything like it in the world so um and that hairstyle is really what got me working because i did a wella fashion tour all throughout Germany, every country, every city in Germany. And um, I mean, people were waiting in line after the show to touch my hair. They just, they had never seen anything like it. So they were very receptive and very patient and they taught me the language. And, you know, you pick it up when you're young, you absorb things around you. So I managed to be able to shop and get a taxi and eat and just do all the basic things. So it was easy to pick. It was pretty easy. And the same thing happened in Italy as well. I just listened to the language and 
ah, the people over there are so gorgeous. They have that olive skin and just like so beautiful. So it was easy for me to, <laughs> to, just to talk to them and learn the language there as well. And French came to me so easy. And I realized later on after I started checking my ancestry that my ancestors were, you know, from the French part of Africa. I picked up that language really easy. And I just think it's such a beautiful language, especially when you're um, in love and fashion. You know, it's just such a beautiful language. I, I love it. That's my favorite language to this day. So I managed to pick that up very easily. That's mind-blowing, actually, <laughs> to think that you did all of that. And, you know, despite those people at that company that seemingly, it's almost like they didn't want to give you a chance. They didn't want to give you a chance. Yes, and that's what really, I'm an Aries. I have a very determined nature. And I, you know, when you tell me no, I am determined to prove you wrong. You know, my mother always told me I should have been a lawyer because when you, when I know I'm right, the power of being right and knowing you're right and, and just, you know, proving people wrong is really, is so gratifying. So I really am happy that I have the perseverance and strength to, to do that and, and to prove them wrong. And I, I, I culminated it all in a book after everything, after I came back to New York, I finally moved back to New York. I was looking through my journals and it's very important, you know, to those who are listening, if you're pursuing any kind of career, keep a journal, uh, you know, write it down every day what you do and, and you'll be surprised because after I moved back to New York and the modeling, you know, kind of slowed down, I had a chance to go through all my journals from like 10 years of journals and I'm like, I couldn't believe I did this. Did I really do this? Did I really do this? And I said, this should be a book because, you know, it's just incredible how, you know, I persevered and did all this. So I put it in a book and um, I threw it under my bed. It was in a book for maybe five or six years. I just, you know, I started and I'd stop it because writing a book is a major task. You know, for those of you who are thinking of being an author or writing a book, it's really, it's a lot of work. But again, if you really want to do it, you have to persevere and put your put your mind to it and put the pedal to the metal, as they say. So, but it was just another coincidence, you know. I swear, I have angels and <laughs> you know, this uh, fate was just always with me. And um, I was at a concert, an Ashford and Simpson concert. There was no room there. My date turned me down, and I was dressed. I mean, I was dressed. So I got there and the lady said that it was sold out. There are no more tables. And she said, I can put you in the balcony. And I said, excuse me, I do not dress like this to sit in the balcony. I said, I have to sit on the main floor. And she was so stunned. She, she was so surprised. And she said, okay, miss, I will find you a seat. And she sat me at the table with these two guys and they were just so amazing. And they just like, you know, just enthralled about how I looked. Oh, you look so great. And just just going on and on about my outfit and how I looked. And I told them my story. And, the, and one of the guys says, you should write a book. And I said, I've, I've been trying to, but, you know, I just can't seem to get it finished. And he says, well, I'm a writer. He says, I can help you write the book. And he turned out to be the co-author of my book. And his friend that was with him at the table was a graphic artist. And he says, and I'll do the cover. And he did, he did the cover like so beautiful. And I am just so proud of my book. It's called Wild Child to Couture Style, the Shayla Edmonds story. And it's been selling just, I think, for almost three years now, still selling well. And it has more stories than I've talked about on this podcast. It's, it's filled with 
all the adventures. I didn't hold back. I didn't leave anything out. And it's available on Amazon or on my website, shaylaedmonds.com. Oh, yes. We are absolutely going to read your book. And we were, we recommended your book to our friend, Larry Pointer. He's a fashion designer. Oh, yes. I love him. <laughs> yes. He was, he just, uh, he was very supportive. And he, he was, he told me every step of the way when he was reading, he was gagging. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love no, him too. Yeah. Oh yes, I, I I love that. I love being able to build a community and and give a platform to where we can share some light on your story and get the listeners to get inspired by that. Oh yes, I've been following him and following his creations. He's a very talented designer. Just love him. Yes, yes. But my story didn't stop there. I just after I wrote the book, it was out for a few years. Well, not even a year, maybe a year. Social media game changers. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? It's time to step up your game with the Mixtape Queens. We specialize in all things social media, from graphic design, music, photography, and videos. We got everything you need. Whether you're a business looking to boost your brand, an influencer looking to expand your following, or wanting to just get yourself heard, the Mixtape Queens got you. Wanna contact us? Go to our website at mixtapequeens.com. And I, I started singing. I always wanted to sing. And um, I was in, I was working for this fashion designer and his boyfriend was a singer and I had a very well-known singer and I had no idea who he was, but we would always, you know, get bombed and go out dancing and just getting wild. And um, he turned out to be a very well-known musician. And he said, do you want to sing? He says, I'm doing a new album if you want to sing background. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it turned out to be the B-52s. It, it was really, but it was his solo album. So he's the one that really gave me my first professional singing check. So um, I had started singing a little bit in New York because my modeling career was kind of going down. You know, I'd done it for like almost 10 years. So um, that's pretty much the, that's even long for a modeling career to last, you know, when, when you can really make a living at it. So um, I started singing in these little open bar, open mics around my neighborhood. And I met a pianist who, who started taking me on his gigs. And then I looked at my book and I said, you know, all these episodes, I could make uh, a play out of this, out of all these stories. So I started writing again, and I wrote a one-woman show based on the book called A Star Alone. And I started, I uh, did two sold-out performances at a place called Don't Tell Mama. And in one of the shows, there was the um, editor from the New York Times. And he approached me afterward, and he said, this story and your show is just, like, so amazing. He said, it should be a full-blown play. And he says, I'm going to write a story about it, or an article about it in the New York Times. I'm like, what? The New York Times, like the number one newspaper in the whole world. Are you kidding me? So uh, this was right before the pandemic. This was 2019, you know, right before 20. And he couldn't get a space in the paper because, you know, everybody was writing about the pandemic. And it was just, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, this is never going to happen. So. Finally, people were tired of hearing about the pandemic. He says, we need something uplifting and something. So he gave me a full two-page uh, article in the New York Times. 
full, you know how big the New York Times newspaper is, a full two pages. So that really put the book on the map and put the show on the map. And the book sold internationally after that. And I got film offers and and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, the phone was ringing and I was selling books left and right. And I mean, the, it was just, it was blowing up like amazing. So then the pandemic hit 2020 and everything just stopped. It you know, just went down the toilet. So, so anyway, I'm still trying to get that momentum back. But um, it's it's difficult because, you know, Hollywood has changed. After two years, you know, they didn't really do too much or take on too many new things. It was just difficult for them to, you know, do budgets anymore and spend the money like they used to because they didn't know what the pandemic was doing. So it's been difficult getting it back, you know, getting attention back again. And I the two contracts that I had for the film, you know, they just, you know, Hollywood is funny. It's a whole new ball game from the fashion industry or music industry but you know after something is hot in in their hands you know after two years it's like uh, we've seen that already or the the type of films that they're doing have changed so I don't know I don't believe that but it's you know this is all there's always good room for a good story and a good especially we haven't had a good fashion story since like mahogany in years so anyway um I'm hoping to get this momentum back at some point and you know meanwhile uh, I'm still singing, but, you know, still the pandemic, people just have not, you know, come back or, or re- revived themselves since the pandemic because, you know, the music industry is, is changed. It's not like it used to be. The movies, you know, they're not, they'll put money in a few movies, but now it's more series, you know, TV is doing better than the movies now. Now with the writer strike, you know, I'm <laughs> things are quiet again. So anyway, you know, I'm very spiritual and I just say everything in its time when it's supposed to happen, it will happen. Yes, yes, Queen, I agree with that. And I believe that your story would make a great documentary on Netflix. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And that's what everybody that I had so many responses in the New York Times. They, I mean, so many people said that the exact thing. Where's Netflix? Get this to Netflix. Get this to Netflix. And and I just really am so disheartened because one person that gave me the contract that had all the power to do this, a black fashion woman who I just, you know, who could have taken this and run with it. And it was a, is a major producer and she just, you know, swept it under the rug because she gave it to Disney and Disney, you know, it's not a Disney story because there's so much things in there. It's not a Cinderella story. So Anyway, after they didn't accept it, um, she kind of swept it under the rug, which was very disheartening. But anyway, I'm hoping that uh, once this writer's strike is over, I've, I'm still submitting it and trying to get connections. I just made a connection recently in Hollywood again. So I'm still being positive and submitting it to wherever I can because, you know, it's timeless. But, you know, I think now is a really great time for it because, you know, black women are on the rise, baby, and it's it's our time. So this this survival story of perseverance and a strong woman is very timely right now. So I hope uh, someone will pick up on it. Yes, I hope so, too. And I truly believe that someone will pick up on it, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Paramount. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. So and then during the pandemic, I was, you know, things were really, really quiet. So I, I uh, started recording. I recorded a CD and... Uh, 
actually I'd re- I, I write poetry as well. And I took like 20 years of poetry, scraps of paper that I just put in the envelope and just, just I'm so bad sometimes at, at uh, finishing things. But anyway, I had the time to do it. And uh, I wrote a poetry book called Wild Reflections. And this is a book of all of uh, my happenings. It's kind of a uh, my life in poetry, you know, as opposed to the book. And it's uh, it's very well. I don't sell it on Amazon because it's mm, I don't know. I have my reasons, <laughs> but uh, it's it's doing well. I sell it along with my book, and that's only available on my website, shaylaedmonds.com. And and maybe seven, six or seven of the songs of the poems have been made into songs, uh, original songs. So that's what I'm I have coming up. You know, I wasn't. I've been listening to just listening to them again recently, and. I'm uh, a better singer now. You know, the more you sing, the more you do your art, the better you get. So in the next uh, month or so, I'm going to re-record a couple of them and do a video with them and get them online. So that's, so look out. <laughs> that's my next, uh, next move. Yes, Queen, you are doing amazing things and it, and you never stopped, even through COVID, through you know, switching careers, going from modeling to singing, and now being able to share your story, become somewhat of a mentor and an inspiration for all of us who get the chance to encounter you, get the the divine timing to run into you. It's very special. Yes, thank you. And that's that's where I really want to make another mark, too, as an inspirational speaker. As a matter of fact, I have a, a school that I'm speaking to next week that um, I'm going to, this is my second time there, that I, I love speaking to the students and giving them inspiration because, you know, they I don't inspire them to, you know, jump on planes without <laughs> knowing where they're going, but, you know, just to inspire them to persevere and to, you know, leave their comfort zone and, and to accomplish their dreams. So that's why I would really love to be, a, to mentor more people. So if you need an inspirational a speaker, whoever's listening, contact me on shaylaedmonds.com. I think that being a mentor and a teacher also makes you a better student at the same time. It, yes. It's it's a win-win, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So we will have all of your links to your website, to the book, and to your poetry book, your music, everything, your Instagram. We'll have all of that in the description of the podcast. Okay. We encourage everybody to go follow Miss Shayla Edmonds and tell her that the mixtape queen sent you. Show her some love. <laughs> Thank you. And before we go, we do have one more question that we ask everybody at the end. Mm-hmm. Because here at the Mixtape Queens, we use our platform to uplift others and help motivate others who are listening there's a lot of struggling out there in the world yes a lot of our family and friends and yes many of our listeners who who need that inspiration maybe they're going through something what do you have to say to them uh well one of my favorite things is uh, because i see so many young people you know they just get so uh threatened by the by you know social media that they're just not good enough and you know teen suicide and murders are just up so much and it just breaks my heart to see these young people who have so much potential to you know to live their dreams so uh 
And, you know, just a lot of them give up on life because they can't seem to get anywhere. But uh, one of my favorite sayings is live as long as you want to and want to as long as you live. Because uh, it's not really, you know, life itself, but, you know, just being out there, go out, do things, get things done. That's all a part of living. You know, don't stay inside and think, overthink too much because sometimes the brain asks too many questions and your mind just gets crazy. So go out and uh, enjoy life and nature and, you know, just live, live your life, your life. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for that inspiration. And I 100% agree with you that we got to start living to the fullest and find our calling or the things that make us smile, make us feel good. Yes. Yes, that is so important and so special. We encourage everybody out there listening to take care of yourself. And we're sending our love to all of the listeners around the world. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure and we appreciate all the time and the energy that you've given us. And we look forward to doing another interview with you sometime soon and personally in person. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing me on your platform. It's just been a pleasure and I'm just hoping it will inspire and uplift uh, so many people. Thank you, Queen. We hope that you have a blessed day and please be safe out there. Thank you. You too. The Mixtape Queen on the money. Yes.